This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash boathouse studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. Well, sir, we got a scorcher today. And to cool off, nothing beats Fruitopia, the iced tea brewed by hippies but distributed by a heartless multinational corporation. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. And we're back. Uh, hello, everyone. This is Two Bad Neighbors, your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons one through ten. That is a very important caveat. My name is Greg. My name's Alan. And we are here to talk about season nine, as we have been for the past two episodes. This is um, season nine, episode three. Episode three. Yeah. We're talking about a very important episode. Um, it is a flashback episode. Origin story. Yes, it's an origin story episode that arguably could have been told in seven minutes. However. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We will get to that. Um, however, uh, Alan, you've got an ant problem in your house. <laughs> uh, well, not anymore, hopefully. Again, like I, I, I spent a lot of work. I spent a lot of work? I did a lot of work. Yeah. Either of them. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) Trying to get rid of them. And so far, so good. I got rid of the the food food source that they were heading to, which was my garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I sprayed, you know, insecticide or whatever on the cracks that they were coming in from. And they all died. (laughs) And hopefully hopefully it's a lesson to the rest of those ants. (laughs) Yeah, because if if we've if we've learned one thing about ants is that they're definitely not stubborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if they see, oh, this place that it was a treasure trove of food and now has some of our dead brethren, we shouldn't go back there. No, that's how they think. They I... don't just think food, 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 food. Oh, food, dead ants. Food, 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 food. Like it's weird how. Did you get what I was doing there? Yeah, I do. Does the ants go marching? Yeah, I get it. Great. It's weird how they like. I don't know if you've seen this, but like if one of if if they if one of them dies, uh-huh. they just like surround it and start like tearing it apart and then bringing that back to their like well and it's not for burial. It's not like a it's like they're gonna eat it. Yep. They're gonna eat that ant. Yep. They no, don't waste shit. Nothing goes to waste. They're smart. Yeah. Yeah. And well, they're animals. Yeah, they are. Yeah, smart animals. These are this is a thing that I think frightens you. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Um, unless they're like cute and cuddly like dogs. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say dogs are very smart though. How dare you? <laughs> I wouldn't say dogs are like super like I think again, like very much like ants, dogs are very goal oriented, obviously. Um Yeah, we all are. Yeah. They're like, um I would like some food, please. But also they have the capacity for love, which as we all know is a stupid emotion. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're describing me right now, so I don't know. Do you not like me? Like, no, I love I, you. I say, I say, I want food, please, all the time. Yeah, and I also have the capacity to love, so yeah. I'm like a dog. Yeah, and I'm saying they're just not the smartest creatures on the planet. Well, okay, that's also true of me. So <laughs> <laughs> your story checks out. All right. 
That's important. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, that's that's how you've been. You've been dealing with your ant problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's guys. We're in a pandemic still. It's yeah. there's not much else to report. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what about you? Anything new happening? I've been um, learning how to play the piano and uh, cool. recording music in my spare time. That's cool. Yeah. I listened to that one that you released on youtube uh facebook, facebook and instagram okay yeah uh the one on facebook was really good i really liked it oh thank you thank you so much i released a new friendship. one today it's um what it's about space <gasps> yeah space is cool astronauts in love in space is it dedicated to x xi a12 or whatever the fuck uh who i'm talking about <laughs> Are you Elon talking Musk about and, Musk's baby? Elon Musk and Grimes' child is named <laughs> XIA12 or something. Um, no. It's na- you know what they named it after? Their favorite airplane. Really? They're weird. <laughs> I I would have like maybe like a maybe maybe not that. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently I don't know if this is true, but I read something this morning that was like California's banning them from naming the child that like. Like, we can't put that on a birth certificate. You absolutely should. That's that's that is something where I'm like, yeah, government intervene. Yeah, here. let's step in. Yeah, this is getting out of hand. Yeah, uh, sometimes freedom is too free. Mm. If you know what I mean. Freedom isn't free. Yeah, I also watched the finale of Westworld. That's something that I watched. Is that done already? Yeah, yeah. There was only eight episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm still in, in the middle of season two. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a slog. Yeah. Uh, season three is better until it's not. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> it is too bad. It is really too bad. You know what else is too bad? Mm. Neighbors. Hey! And we have, a, we have a guest. <laughs> we have a guest who is here for the second time only. And the guest is not bad. No. They're a good guest. Good guest. Good guest. <laughs> Two bad neighbors, one good guest. That's right. And it's only your second time appearing? Yeah. This is, is this is my second time. That only. seems bananas to me. And it's KP Smith, everyone. Hey. I guess it's also it's also because you're very busy. So I think we, it's... we've tried to get you on many times, but you're like, mm, not today. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got things to do. I, uh, I what, to... What, what is that you're doing? Your your little your little podcast? Yeah, well, I'm just gonna go record some music and design some sets and wreck some shows and be amazing at everything I do. <laughs> Sounds like I'm making fun of you, but I'm not. Like, it's you know, it's one of those weird things where it's like, it's, like, it's a little it's a backdoor compliment. I like it. <laughs> It's very, very kind of you to say. Honestly, well, as you started talking, I was like, "What is Grimes's baby's name?" And then I was like, "Grimes is Canadian." I went on a whole journey. <laughs> she is the Canadian. Um, so, uh, Catherine, as Alan pointed out, we have tried to get you on the show before before this um, several times, and a lot of the time, what happened was um, I just wouldn't ask. It was like I would be like. Alan, this is a this. It would be a good idea to have Catherine on for this episode, and, and then I'd be like, uh, "No, no, she's <laughs> she's too busy. <laughs> she's, she's got too much going on." Um, and this <clears throat> this pandemic is kind of no different, uh, in a way that we're just like, "Oh, we're kind of squeezing this in." 
Uh, so if you have to run away, that's okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hilariously, it's funny because like I feel like I'm not doing a lot. Now I feel like I'm just like working a more normal amount, which is so <laughs> pandemics make you really uh, analyze what's going on in your life yeah. and analyze how much you're working. So I very much appreciate you recording this in the afternoon on a Thursday. Yeah, this is um, the greatest. It really, um, it's keeping me in a in a good space just doing a podcast at least once a week is 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 really nice we also like yeah. the the house as you've as you've joined in with us on our workout routine um I have. allows me to um realize when it's monday through friday and when the weekend is you know like days i should be at least a little bit active i'm trying to be in that way but um how how are you how are you doing with all of this? What um how have you been since I don't know season 4 you were on? It's forever ago. I I I went on to Disney Plus and I was like, "What season is this?" Season 9. Yeah. And I was like, "I haven't been on the show for so long." My last episode, I don't remember the name of it, but it's where Lisa uses Bart as a science experiment. Was that um, the one? I thought it was Last Exit to Springfield. Oh man, I thought you were on the dental plan episode. No. Oh, you, was I? Yeah, you were totally on the dental plan episode. Yeah. Have I been on cuz I've I've also been on the one where Alan's going to look this up. To... He's 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 done with he's his burger. He's going to look it up. He's going to confirm if you're joining the two timers club or the three. This will be interesting. Oh. And if I've It's hard to say. Oh, did we watch two episodes and I was on an episode where we nailed it? Okay, it is my second episode, but it's my third Simpsons episode to talk about. Wild. Yeah. You're How... on episode 36, uh, which was Duffless and Last Exit to Springfield. How on earth did we do two episodes of th those two episodes <laughs> in, in one? That was so dumb. That was... It's, crazy that, it's crazy that it took up to the first two episodes of season five for us to realize we should not do... Two episodes of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of ground to cover. It like, is. It makes sense in the early seasons we were doing three a podcast because there, there wasn't as much to talk about. Yeah. Um, but once it started, like really, once we hit season four, we should have been doing one one per per show. And it's interesting to me that you remember the one, <laughs> uh, the B plot to Duffless and not the other stuff. Is that that's so clearly your favorite part of those two episodes that. Bart is used as a science experiment. Often my favorite parts of Simpson episodes are Lisa Bart centered uh, storylines. Well, then... I love watching them as siblings. I love watching how different they are as people. And I think they're just like very funny characters. I think Lisa's a really funny character, especially in later seasons. Oh, she's super funny. She's very dry. And as a kid, I don't think I appreciated it as much. But there was times in this episode where I was like, she has the best lines. Lisa might be the best character in, in the show. Oh. Like when we do our final wrap up, she's she's up there. She's she's up there with Homer right now for me. Um, because, well, you know, I just love how Homer loves his daughter. And I love that Lisa loves him and their episodes together are usually the, the, the most satisfying emotionally. They're so sweet. Uh, yeah. And yeah, this episode Speaking is, of. Yeah. Speaking of. We're talking about the episode Lisa's Sax, mm -hmm. which is the third episode of season nine written by Al Jean. Hey buddy. 
come on here. I got a nice warm seat for you. <laughs> or a nice warm Zoom window. Zoom day, uh, yeah. Directed by Dominic Polcino. Original air date, October 19th, 1997. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> did did you guys, did you all watch this? Uh, this is a continuing saga of our uh, Disney Plus experience. Did you all watch it on Disney Plus? I did. Yes. Did you see what it was listed as on Disney Plus? Episode four. Episode four. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, they put Lisa the Simpson as episode three. When it's episode oh. 17. Yeah. So if anyone listening along is following the order on Disney Plus, stop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's wrong for some reason. I don't yeah. understand why. A weird, a weird little, yeah, just change in the order. Um, but yeah, this this episode is season three, or is episode three. And uh, yeah, Lisa's Lisa the Simpson is much later in the season. Um, and like, I'm actually curious if anyone watching in the Disney Plus order, if they would watch Lisa the Simpson and then this one and be like, huh. Because I feel, it's been a while since I've watched Lisa the Simpson, but I feel the difference in style and quality is palpable. <laughs> <laughs> between those two episodes um it's definitely a different style i wouldn't say quality though i think lisa the simpson is great <laughs> well you're a weird season nine stand so Here we're uh, back at it yes <laughs> uh catherine I, it has I, been a while do you know of what's going on with <laughs> season nine with alan and i oh uh well okay let me see if i can get this right because is the golden age now finished for one of you Yes, so it it's is. done for Alan, is that right? Yeah. Because you, Greg, you think the Golden Age is up till this season or up this till season. This, this season. This season, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's like up until the end of this season. And Alan, are you up till eight? Is that right? Yeah, basically, Homer's Enemy for me is the official end of the Golden Age. Um, Principal and the Popper, the episode we just did, so season, or sorry, episode two of this season. Yeah is like the nail, like maybe not the nail in the coffin, but it's definitely like, okay, I was right. Yes. <laughs> Golden Age is no more. What? Um, I have to watch uh, that episode. And however, I will say, I think these first like four episodes, so the three up, up to where we're at, the next one's the Treehouse one. So the, the Halloween one. I actually really like the Treehouse one. Um, spoiler for next episode. Uh, Brian will be back. But immediately after that is like i think that's the nail in the coffin the episode right after treehouse yeah. do you know what episode it is greg uh not at the top no the cartridge family oh yes of course of course yeah that episode is the birth of jerk ass homer yeah yeah in my opinion and that's what ruins the show for me yeah so like up to that point it's just it like these first four episodes are just like ah something's a little off it doesn't feel like the golden age anymore to me but it's not like it's a different show. Cartridge Family makes it a different show for me. And it never recovers. There's some like, okay, ep like moments and like episodes here and there since then, but nothing ever as good as three through eight for me. Mm. So yeah, that's that. I remember, I remember saying at the very beginning of this that I was like, yeah, two is probably in there. And then we watched two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I had to two's eat them two's them finding themselves. Yeah, you know? I had to eat my words like they were like it was a bowl of rice, and then I shamefully had to ask for a fork to 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 get the remainders into my mouth. Yeah, um, I'm worried that that's going to happen with this season. 
<laughs> the cracks are showing because your points that you've been making are are showing in yeah. in these episodes. I do really like this episode. I think Lisa's Sacks is an excellent episode, and it's one of the reasons why we have Catherine on. Because mm. um, you're a musician, Catherine. I am. And you have been as long as I've known you. <laughs> <laughs> you ever played the saxophone? I have. I've uh, I've played all the kind, not all the kinds of saxophones. I I grew up playing. Uh, I've alto. played every instrument. So. I've played every <laughs> instrument ever. I've written all the music you've ever heard. Uh, the <laughs> Simpsons theme, I wrote it. Um, <laughs> You're Alf Clausen. <laughs> I'm Alf Clausen. I'm Alf Clausen. I don't even know what he sounds like. What he looks like. If Alf. No, Clausen... you nailed it. That's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> he goes, "I'm Alf Clausen," and he <laughs> shrugs uh, his arms. no i i grew up playing alto sax um the best sax i started in grade six and played alto sax then i did a little bit of uh tenor sax when i got to high school um i played barry sax for like a couple of songs in jazz band and barry sax is what lisa plays uh which is astonishing because wait what does she play she plays the baritone sax. Oh, right. Yeah. It's and the baritone. Wow, sax, there's three kinds of saxes. There's like five or oh, six shit. kinds. There's also there's a soprano sax. So soprano's the highest one, then alto, then tenor, then baritone's the lowest saxophone. Um, soprano's like the golden age of, of saxes. <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's it, cha- it changed sax it changed sax forever. Uh, you know, no, no one's ever come back from HBO's Sopranos. I don't know. I don't know. So, <laughs> this dumb joke. So, so why no, is it? Why, why is it? Why is it interesting that uh, Lisa plays the baritone? Because a baritone saxophone is huge. It's very heavy. They're like twenty to thirty pounds. I might be exactly. Is it arguably the size of an eight-year-old child? Because it, it usually, is, yeah, usually it is arguably like the, the height <laughs> of yeah. So I don't think that's out of the ordinary for the saxophone to like look the size of Lisa and like the neck that big like swoop that the neck of the mm. saxophone does is like that's why it's a baritone sax and it sounds very deep and I think that's the hilarity of an eight-year-old playing it. Um, the one thing that's like, I'm not going to be like, oh, it doesn't look like she's playing saxophone when she's playing it. Cause it's a cartoon uh-huh. and like, <laughs> no one wants to animate that. Uh, but the one thing that is kind of interesting is baritone saxes because they're so heavy and because you have, they're so big. Uh, you often have like a harness that you wear with the saxophone. So like the alto sax is just this little neck piece like a necklace that I would wear and go around the saxophone, but the baritone's like, you like strap in to play it. And she's always just got the neck piece or she's just holding it freestyle. And it's like, holy bug. <laughs> she's got sick forearms. Just she's yeah. got She's, she's fucking jacked. Yeah. yeah, she is. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I admit that I'm not um, as excellent at playing the saxophone anymore. I really let it fall to the wayside. I can still play it. Uh, do it right now oh, oh I should have <laughs> oh we should have no got you to, to hear that we should have got you to play the intro uh, <laughs> or uh, now, I just Baker Street or whatever that, that song is that she plays at the end it's Baker Street <laughs> it is yeah. Baker Street the best <laughs> it's the best yeah I um, love that what riff where that from aside like is it just from movies a lot of movies I think it, movies 
it's the it's the best. That's why it's you know riff it. used a lot. Yeah, it is the best saxophone riff. <laughs> Next to Careless uh, Whisper, I was gonna say a Careless Whisper yeah. will have a word with you. Uh, that's Careless Whisper. <laughs> I thought that was just elevator music. And Careless Whisper is either it's an alto or a soprano. Oh God! I can't I can't remember. I'm gonna but mute it's, him. It's one of the, I'm gonna mute him. <laughs> Uh, never gonna talk again. So, um, so how old were you when you started playing? You said I I was in grade six, so I was eleven or twelve, something like that. Right. That's that's when they got me to 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 start playing clarinet. I always forget you played clarinet. Yeah, yeah, I did for uh, two years, I think. Yeah. Maybe three at most. Um, I just <laughs> I didn't like band. It was weird. I didn't like the, I honestly didn't like the arts until I got to high school. Weird, really? Yeah, yeah. Or really, I didn't even like playing music until I got a guitar. And I could when was that? finally feel cool. I guess that was grade seven. So, like, this I was. the summer of 69? Yeah, I got my first real six string. My mom bought it at the five and dime. Um, <laughs> Did you play it till your fingers bled? Well, until they were calloused. But it was the summer of 69. Me and some guys from school, you're we... Not, you're we, not suffering for your art. That's true. We had a band, and we didn't try hard enough. Um, somebody quit. The other one got married. We never got <laughs> Wait, is that a, is this about the postgrads? What? No, this is uh, this is about my high school band. Because someone did quit, and someone did get married. In... Postgrads. The, in postgrads. <laughs> that's true. Did it? What? Well, Catherine, I mean, you you all amicably split up, but yeah. for the sake of this, we could say Catherine quit and Ryan got married. Oh, yeah. That's oh, not, that's the left behind. We were not called post-grads. Oh, whoops. Post-grads. Yeah. Who's post-grads? <laughs> <laughs> post-grads is your, new, is your project. You're, yes. You're, you're solo. Right. Sorry. That's I got, what I called I myself. I have like five left behind CDs. Yeah, I know you're one of our biggest fans. It's fine. Don't worry. Alan's like, oh, just so everyone knows. <laughs> For the sake of the joke, I I, I messed it up. No, I love I'm it. Thinking of the wrong band name. Damn it. We know what you're talking about. Yeah, we it's get it. It's be a really funny joke. Now it's just embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. I, I'm like, no, Alan, you're fine. <laughs> Thank you. I really need that right now. Oh. <laughs> the answer getting to him. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, God. They're crawling on my skin. Um, so, everyone, should we talk a little bit about this episode? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Catherine, guests first. Why not? <laughs> it's been a this long. This is a new tradition we yeah. decided just now. It's been a oh. long, long time since we've had you on the show, and I think it would be fair to ask your thoughts of this episode before we get into before we get into our personal thoughts about it. So, just right off the top, what did you think? I, uh, you know, what's funny when, as soon as I started it, I thought to myself, when did Greg say golden age ended for him? And when did Alan say it ended for him? Because I, I honestly, as I was watching it, I was like, this does feel different than earlier seasons. Like from the last episode I watched, oh yeah, it feels, it feels a bit different. And there are times in the episode where I found myself a bit frustrated with Homer specifically. Mm. Um, however, I still had a great time. Like, I feel like 
I, I, I do feel like I don't watch a lot of Simpsons anymore, but I've seen so many of the episodes so many times as a kid that it was like a fun trip down memory lane every time I watch it. And I think the writing in this episode is still really, it's pretty sharp. It's pretty witty. Uh, there's a lot of jokes that I wrote down that I was like, this is great. This is great. Um, but yeah, I, I do find there was like moments that I I was a bit frustrated with Homer just as like a parent, which is like an odd thing for me to be like uh, agitated by. But the fact that his wife is literally saying like, please don't buy an air conditioner. Just think of your kid, like having to reason with him about that. Um, oh boy. <laughs> I just... One day watch the Cartridge family and see how you feel. Um. Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to remember what it's about, but I, 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 we won't talk about the Cartridge family. I'll just take your word for no. it and I'll steal Greg's Disney Plus again. And watch yeah, it. you can listen to the podcast when it comes out in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so, so I actually, I thought this episode was really fun and it's reading up about it a little bit. Al Gein, is that his name? Gene. His Gene. Al Gein. Al Gein. Is Ted Gein's brother or Ed Gein's brother. <laughs> Just nailing these jokes today, man. Just Come on. Nailing it. <laughs> but it's his first. It's you know, the, the nice thing would not draw attention to it. <laughs> but Greg was saying before you came on, uh, Alan, that uh, we were, I was like, oh yeah, it said on Wikipedia, it said it's his first episode solo writing. And Greg was like, some people say that he's more responsible for like, he's, he like has more sort of like creative license over the Simpsons than, uh, that Matt Groening does so it's like I thought that was kind of cool uh, and also this like whole flashback episode thing I think I had to look up what reference it was an all in the family reference yeah. to yeah. how they were framing the episode because I was kind of confused I was like what is uh -huh. framing <laughs> like I, just to just a real quick thing um, the 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 opening the, because I think this is something that Alan and I can actually both agree on um, I think the opening joke of them singing that song from All in the Family, I think it's quite funny. But then they take it, the season nine tradition of just a little bit too far. And they say, The Simpsons is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And then they do the big crowd cheering and it never comes back. And I'm like, that was completely unnecessary. We got the reference. That's yeah. the funny thing. Like, I, I didn't get the reference, but there are tons of references in Simpsons I don't pick up on. So I was kind of like, okay, but I do, I totally agree that as soon as they did the little like filmed in front of a live studio audience, I was like, what is, is this episode like totally different than the others? But then it was like very normal in structure for the rest of the episode. Yeah. So. It, it gives you a weird place to start from. I did. I do like this, the singing at the piano because it's so bad. Like, oh God, it's bad. Like Julie Kavner is so bad. <laughs> and every time they make her sing in her Marge voice, it's just tragic. And it's so funny. And Marge yeah. actually kind of has like some secretly incredible one-liners in this episode. Yeah. Um, one that I can just remember off the top of my head is sometimes I feel so smothered by this family that I think I'm going to explode. <laughs> I'm going to make dinner now. You do that. Um <laughs> It's uh, it's a classic Marge line, and it's super, it's sad and funny at the same time, which is Marge's character. Yes. At the end of the day. Yeah. That's where they get their best humor when it's not a Marge episode, is about her being sad and funny. 
unfortunately. <laughs> For Mark. Uh, so just as, as a little uh, preamble, I I don't think I've watched this episode like in years. Um, and it's always been the one on the list, the season nine list that I'm like, oh, I think that's the one I like. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Um, and I don't know if that's just like, tying in my memory of like and Maggie makes three and Lisa's first word and like that kind of tradition of the flashback episodes being really heartfelt and sweet. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I was going into this episode very like uh, positive. I was like, I think this is a good one. I think this might be my favorite episode of the season. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that's true or not like that specifically. Uh, I do think it's not as good as I remembered, um, but it's not a bad episode. It's not one I would I would chalk up to the bad, the thumbs down uh, column in my spreadsheet. Um, that being said, when I first started it and it opened with the All in the Family thing, I was like, fuck, that's this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that opening. <laughs> like, I can't stand it. I'm like... I, and I was even thinking about it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, like which app? When do they start doing that dumb All in the Family uh, opening? That's like Marge straining to sing, and it's like painful and like it's just weird. It just everything feels weird. And I'm like, what's happening? Why are you doing this? Um, because like it'd be one thing if it was just the opening, but then they bring it back as like. It's the second bumper. Bar, yeah, it's like Bart was feeling awful blue. It's a shame. And it's like schools you can don't do. like don't tie it in with the plot. Like you had it as a goofy little opening. Don't make it like oh, this is just what they do now. They just start singing all in the family anyway. So it was really silly. Um, the whole first act was like kind of a downer for me. <laughs> like I was just like, wow, none of these jokes are landing. Um, this is this is weird. Like the like you said the like the Simpsons is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Um, there's the weird like tricycle fall down guy outside. Oh yeah. Another reference. Uh, and just like it just all felt so weird. And I'm like, get to the flashback. I remember liking the flashback. Um, and once I get to the flashback, it's 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 better. Like I think that's a it's it's better. Um, although I did notice it's very interesting how they have a badger plot within the flashback. Uh, remind me. Uh, well, basically, like you could argue it's not a bad report, but it feels like one because it's basically like, let's tell you how Lisa got her sax. Bart's first day of school. And it's like, yeah. okay. Like, I get that they're trying to set up, like, why Bart uh, goes to the psychologist and that, therefore, why Lisa is discovered to be a special child or whatever, a gifted child. But it's just so unnecessary. It's like you said at the top, Greg, where, like, the story could have been told in very quickly. Yeah, the, and, the story that the episode claims that it's telling is told yeah. in the final act. Yeah. yeah. The story that the episode eventually ends up telling, all told, is more of a... It, it feels more of a, a mosaic of the younger versions of the kids where they were in 1990 or as, as younger kids because um, he Homer even says that the family was facing its worst crisis ever Bart was miserable at school and Lisa's gifts are going to waste and that's still happening now. But you get to see them. I don't know. There's just something that I will never not love about little Bart 
being he's so cute and little Lisa with her little pink overalls, she's so freaking cute. Um, and the way that um, Nancy Cartwright and Yardley Smith play those versions of themselves is spot on. And so every time that they go back there, to me, it's not it's not about it's <laughs> it's about the journey. Um <laughs> rather than the uh r- rather than where they where they eventually get and it is the the detrimental part of the episode is the wraparounds i think um because they're not particularly funny whereas some of the better flashback episodes the wraparounds are hilarious let's just we've been mentioning it every episode of season 9 so why not uh homer's barbershop quartet the wraparounds in that are great they're super yeah. funny they have their own little jokes um they rely too heavily on Grandpa and Apu to to give the wraparounds any sort of... That's where the weirdness happens for me. Everything in the flashbacks, to me, is pure gold. I, I, think, it's, yeah. I think it's lovely. I also think, Catherine, to your point about Marge um, having to be like, don't buy the air conditioner, think of your daughter. Um, I think it's a... I think it's actually, it's it's very nice that he's like, he's presented with the option to be like, this is a $200 air conditioner that you could buy right now. And we we see it. We see that he's portrayed literally caring more about his daughter than his own personal comfort, which is a big deal for for him. Like he's, he, he in these years that I consider the golden age, when his... When the when when the happiness and um, when the happiness of his family is put in contest with something else, he always picks the happiness of his family, almost always, yeah. anyway. Unless the episode is specifically about that, about him not not doing that, and then they do a whole episode about that, and Marge is usually in the right when that happens. Um, and the fact that it's just like, and we also get King Toot's music, so I'm just gonna. Leave, leave that there, and we can discuss discuss further. But that's my thoughts, uh, my initial thoughts on the episode. But man, you can you can see the cracks, Al. You are you are right. You can see the cracks. <laughs> I am I am not going to dispute you on that. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're right. Like the yeah, the wraparounds is where it feels the weirdest because that's like the the current reality we're living in with the Simpsons, and it's where they're right. The writers are at where it's like for no reason here's a poo. And that's a line they not only wrote, animated, added, etc., but also thought like this is going to be funny. Not this is going to be a like basically a microcosm of what the series is at now for, for six no reason, months. For six months of of development, they thought yeah. that was going to be funny. Yeah, that's the craziest and part. And and and, and 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 yeah, like it's it's honestly just like an it just exemplifies where they're, where they're at, where it's like, that's, they, they couldn't even think of a reason. So they just did it. And they said, if we just point out that it's the, it's here, he's here for no reason, that'll make it funny. And it's, that's, I disagree. I don't think it's funny. I think it's weird and just feels off. Um, and then he shows up again, like two more times. Uh, and then like, that was the other thing I really noticed was when he comes back again, it's like, well, you get out of my yard. I'm like, that's kind of funny. And then he goes, why don't you make me? And then Homer goes, why? Oh, I give up. And it's like, what is this joke? Like, <laughs> if he had just, if he, like, because I actually, for no reason, here's a poo. He shows up again later. Homer goes, would you get the hell out of here? Like, what are you doing here? And he and he leaves. That's funny. I think that's funny because that's like a funny, 
lampshade of the bad joke earlier. That's a good cut to black joke. Yeah. Right? Like Again, instead they keep going and they're like, oh, then Apu will say this and then Homer will say this, but they clearly have nothing to actually like finish that joke with. So Homer just goes, ah, I give up. And it's like, again, that's the writer saying I give up. That's And that's how what you just described is how Homer would react. He does it at least twice in the series, but it's usually to Flanders. Yeah. Like when in the episode Homer loves Flanders at the very end of the episode, it's like, hiddly ho there, neighbor. Get the hell out of here, Get Flanders. Yeah. 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 And that's that, that we, we, we understand that that's how he treats unwanted guests. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but to your point as well, I think the flashbacks work well. And I don't know if it's just because they're working with a previous version of the characters. And because of that, they're a bit more, uh, less zany with the writing i don't know if that's the right way to describe it but you know it just feels more grounded and more like oh i, I actually like that you know bart's having trouble at school like that's a it's a logical thing for his character go, to go through it's a logical thing for lisa's character to go through where she's feeling unappreciated with her talents and that kind of thing um i guess my only like issue with it is it doesn't have the same emotional gut punch that the flashbacks often do no it does not and and again, it's partly because they're they're trying to make silly jokes, like the inscription, um, where it's like you know, what I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's, it's like, like whenever Lisa, you whenever you play the sax, always remember do or do. something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's like, oh, isn't it funny that he said that when the guy was asking for the inscription, so he inscribed do. He knew how to spell it and everything. And it's like that's not funny. Like the, you know, it would be really nice if it like ended with him showing look at the inscription maybe she never noticed it but because it was flattened like she could read it that could have been a really sweet moment where it's like see like you know even though i always yell at you for playing your sax i got it for you because i love you and you know like it's it's it could have been a do it for her do it for her moment it's it's absolutely they are teeing themselves up for a do it for her moment and they face plant (laughs) yeah and then again like and at, at first i'm like okay you know bad joke but whatever and then they do another inscription for the new one and it's the same thing and it's like how is that i don't i don't understand did he do it again they tee themselves up twice (laughs) (laughs) one face plant would have been fine it's such a whiff and it's so disappointing because i think the episode the flashback parts of the episode are really good up to that reveal where it should be something really lovely and uh sorry i'll let someone else talk in a second but i just have one other thing is that um I, I like getting to see the, the dichotomy between Bart and Lisa, but I also, I feel a bit shortchanged by an episode called Lisa's Sax and even the story being like, we're going to tell you how Lisa got her sax and the whole first part is just about Bart. And yeah. I know they, they draw attention to that and they're like, and that's what I mean by badger plot. Like it's not really a badger plot, but it's like, it feels that way because they're doing this whole thing. And it's like, weren't you supposed to be telling me how I got my sax? And it's like, it's like that was the story of Bart's first day of school. It's like, what are you doing? Like, just I want to see, I want to see Lisa's journey. Bart can be there too because that's a nice B plot. Um, but it would be nice if the most of the episode was focused on Lisa. Um, and I just feel like they they focus more on Bart than they do on Lisa throughout. And it's you know, yeah, it's Al Jean maybe just. He's uh, like, I like Bart. Oh, it's um, but <laughs> let's let's call a spade a spade. It's a thousand percent Al Jean. It's yeah. all his fault. <laughs> it's let's there's no room for for for, for, for nuance for nuance or subtlety it's all his fault yeah come, fuck you, come, on, come on the show yeah oh so you don't like algae we do not no not well, really I, I, oh I, 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 but it's a it's a running gag that we yeah. we 
decry him and blame him for the <laughs> decline in the quality of the t- of the show which is so funny because i came in being like i have trivia about the simpsons <laughs> al Gein <laughs> wrote this episode and you guys are like fuck Catherine, yeah, obviously. We know who wrote and performed everything ever. Well, so. that was like, that was strike two. When I remember, like, when I first started watching the episode, it's like, oh, All in the Family opening. Ugh, damn it. And then written by Al Jean, I'm like, oh, no, really? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. I, I. This is an episode that I do like. I, like, I, this is an episode that I will stand up for based on the simple fact that it's a that I think it's it's funny and it's sweet and it might whiff the ending a little bit and it might have a trouble staying focused but I do love the flashback sequences and I think they do make the most of what they actually end up doing with them so um yeah I guess those are our two really long and in-depth uh ideas of this of this episode maybe there's um maybe there's some middle ground what did we really like about this episode Catherine? i agree with alan that i i liked the flashbacks a lot and i think that's a a good observation that i probably liked the flashbacks because it's the writers being asked to write a flashback about a character so they're writing an old version of a character and then whenever they leave the flashback and go to current time i like the characters a little bit less because it's their current voices yeah so i love the flashbacks i also i agree with greg i love seeing i love seeing the age of cartoon characters (laughs) i can't describe why but i love when cartoons specifically show this is what somebody will look like in 10 years this is what they looked like as a kid. Like I, I get a real kick out of seeing like the actual aging process of a character. Cause I think that's like, it's, it's really fun to see how the drawing room, how like the artists would like, would realize them. I know for Bart, it's mostly like he's smaller. But <laughs> in like, a, but he, in a few episodes, he does have little overalls. Yeah, sometimes he has a little overalls. And like, same with Lisa, she's also ultimately just like smaller and has like bigger facial features. But uh, so so I think that was like a a big highlight is the flashbacks. I also love like the jokes about, uh, it's it's like sort of a dated joke, but it still kind of works. The joke about like Millhouse. Oh, yeah. When he's reading, he was like, well, your son has these like very like flamboyant homosexual tendencies. And the dated part is like, like he doesn't say it's a bad thing or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but then he's just like, oh, sorry, wrong file. It's Millhouse, which like is kind of a funny joke. Uh, but my favorite joke in the episode. Oh, was... should we reveal this now? Or should oh, you... I, do I wait? Or should we wait for yeah. fa- for favorite joke? That's a, se- that's a whole segment. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait. I yeah. knew it was a bit of a segment, but I, I loved <laughs> a lot of uh, my, I have a couple of favorite jokes, but they're all spoiler alert from flashback sequences well you said that some things that homer did fr- were were frustrating to you um would you care to go in a little bit more on that uh it's funny because when you started talking about the fact that homer is he sees the option to get a 200 ac uh but ultimately chooses the saxophone i was like oh well it's it's i shouldn't complain too much about him putting his own comfort before his daughters and be frustrated with that because like, that's the whole, 
that's the whole like dramatic crux of this episode is us seeing him decide not to um and decide to like actually put lisa's needs above his own uh i don't know i think there was just like i it maybe it was it frustrated me because I see Homer have difficulties in other episodes as a character where it like just doesn't occur to him. Like he's, he's quite, he's just like not, he's not conscious of it. It's like he, he's very empathetic, but he's also just like, sometimes he's a couple steps behind other people and like the like pragmatic way of thinking about something. He can be selfish, um, no doubt. And he can be selfish. And I think it was just frustrating to be like, how is this not like a very obvious thing? Uh, that people offered him like I maybe you know what it is this is so specific but maybe it's that Marge literally offered all of these ways that they could help Lisa she's like we go to this museum on Saturdays which like sounds like it might have been free or cheap and he was like I don't want to go to a museum on a Saturday and I was like that's annoying to me (laughs) yeah yeah that's (laughs) that would be yeah that is that that's a part that that did annoy me as well Um, but it also did kind of feel like Homer at the moment, it didn't feel entirely out of character, which is something that we were going to have to deal with. But you're right. You're absolutely right. It's, uh, it is annoying. I did love the cameo that, that it gave to Snowball one though. Yeah. I always forget they have a cat. Uh, yeah. (laughs) And that was Snowball one. That was Snowball one. Yeah. Yeah. White cat. That's why they named Snowball two, Snowball two. Right. Right, right, right. (laughs) He died. He died. (laughs) Well, how about, uh, how about you guys? Like, what parts did you actually enjoy about the episode? I love Skinner in this episode. It was really, really great to see Skinner not in the principal in the popper after watching that episode and um, and seeing him in full Skinner mode. And he's like, good, good day, new students. I'm Principal Sinner, Skinner. And everybody laughs, and he says, "That's it. I've lost them forever." I think that's a that's that's just a wonderful Seymour Skinner moment. And the second time he comes on, um, this is the moment that will define your entire life. And he says it's a Bart. <laughs> um, something that actually really, this is something that I try to uh, talk about in any Simpsons episode where I think they're taking on some sort of establishment. Um, is what is the satire here? Because that's where the Simpsons starts in season early as season one. They're like they're 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 trying to satirize certain institutions, whether it be um, the government, the education uh, education system, the medical system, or the police um, systems of authority. And in this one, they are uh, pointing out the abject failure that most public education has for their um i guess um lower performing students because they make up the they make up their mind about bart on the first day of school and it is it's to me that's one of the reasons why i really like the fact that they focus on bart for a little bit is because he, he breaks my heart when he says school will be fun and he runs off in his little jacket and he comes home after his first like his first couple of weeks and he and he makes a a picture of himself being knifed. Oh god. Uh, Blood. Yeah. Sad. Sad. Yeah. And he like it's it's very obvious but I think the writers accidentally stumbled across a really great piece of satire there. I don't yeah. think they were intending to do that. But it really it really affected me this time around because well he's he's just a little kid. 
right? And he's he just he's not he's not there. He's just not no one's giving him the motivation, no one's giving him the attention that he needs, no one is even bothering with him after the first grade, after the first day of school, and his kindergarten teacher is one of the best one-off characters. Because um, <laughs> she's just awful. What comes after E, F, Bart, you're going to see a lot of them. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, she's, she's terrible. Yeah, it's tragic, and... That's why I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, they they talk about Bart a lot, but at least they make something of it. Yeah, I guess I just uh, like that's the kind of story I wish had its own episode. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I wish Lisa Sachs had. Own, it's just it's two episodes, two interesting storylines that are merged together with mm. a terrible wraparound and a really shitty opening song that just like. <laughs> Is like, and I, I hate to always be the guy who's like, what could have been, but it's just it's what I think about with a lot of these episodes, where it's like there's some nuggets of really good ideas that are either wasted entirely or just they just whiff and miss miss the mark for me. Um, and that that being said, though, like yeah, I think I do still think this is a good episode overall. I think uh, again of season nine, especially like. <laughs> For me, like it's a it's a low bar to clear, but it's uh it's one of the better one of the better episodes of the season, um, and it's and it's thanks to the the flashbacks and the and the the loveliness of young Bart and young Lisa and uh, yeah, see uh, Skinner obviously I love Skinner and he's he's always welcome, um, and uh, yeah. how did it feel okay. like because. Alan and I have the very unique privilege of watching all of these movies, um, just uh, movies, episodes, back to back to back to back. Um, and how did it feel watching it after The Principal and the Popper? It felt weird to me. Yeah. It honestly did feel like something broke. Yeah. And the show wasn't I mean, the same. Again, I feel like... I kind of said this at the top, but I feel like Principal and the Popper is where it's like you've done something egregious <laughs> and and less so that the episode itself is structured poorly or like that it's like poorly written or anything like that. It's just like the the underlying concept of that episode is so stupid that it's just like, what are you doing? And that's why like you could call that a jump the shark moment. Um, yeah. This episode and the next one, Treehouse, uh, feels a bit of a pullback. Like, so for me, you know, the season kind of starts like kind of wonky and then it's bad. And then it kind of comes back a little bit to being just wonky, like not bad, but just like kind of weird. Mm -hmm. And then just takes a nosedive with Cartridge Family. After that, so, I think after Cartridge Family, I think it's just great for me. It's definitely not because I know there's at least one episode you hate. Which one? All Singing, All Dancing. Oh, that's our clip show doesn't matter it's clip shows in the past i've been like yeah like the wraparounds are kind of fun whatever i'll just write it off but this one is like so infuriating to watch it's so painful you know the all in the family spoof at the beginning it's like that for an entire episode oh god <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we should uh, head on over to the reference desk, Al. What sure. All in the family. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they reference the Tracy Ullman uh, show. They which sure was, do. Uh, I think is a fun a fun little meta gag where it's like 
because uh, they're saying, oh, 1990, Tracy Ullman was uh, entertaining people with shitty cartoons. I can't remember their exact line, but, you know, they're basically saying crudely drawn filler material. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so the, the dumb tricycle joke, uh, is from Rowan and Martin's laugh-in. Oh, great. Laugh-in. You know, you know, people, kids watching TV in 1997, big laugh-in fans. Huge laugh-in fans. Yeah. Thanks for putting your stamp on it, Elgene. Um, (laughs) (laughs) don't, don't worry. Be happy by Bobby McFerrin is the song playing as the flashback starts. Mm. Um, Hibbert is dressed like Mr. T from the A-Team for some reason. Yeah, he is. That was weird. Is it uh, Homer, weird? Yeah, he's, they, they do different stuff with him. They give him a yeah. lot of different hairstyles. Right. Sometimes it's a fro. Sometimes it's uh, yeah mohawk, I think, one time. Anyway, uh, Homer in 1990, which many of the nation was, were, was watching Twin Peaks. Yep, um, yeah. the Twin Peaks reference, yeah. I think that's a funny that's a funny joke. Brilliant. I, like I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I, think that's I like that. Um, uh, Michelangelo's David and uh, Edward Munch's The Scream are referenced in that weird little foosball gag. You lose, yeah. Michelangelo's David. Yeah. Who's next? Me. That's a fun. That's a fun joke. I like that. I just think it's weird. <laughs> I like it's not it. a bad joke, but it's just like okay. Um, Balzac. <laughs> no need for potty mouth, Alan. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, the Coppertone baby is re- like Ken oh, Brockman yeah. is like the Coppertone baby. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, as mentioned, that riff is Baker Street by Gary Rafferty. Jerry. The show is. Mm, are you sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's all I had. I, I, I did. I, I did watch this episode in two parts because. We were going to record yesterday, so I started watching it. <laughs> and then Greg was like, we can't do it today. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to watch the rest until tomorrow then. So I might have missed some in that interim, but those are the references I got. Yeah, uh, I think that I think that about covers it. Um, before we wrap up, Catherine, would you like to reveal your favorite joke? Yay! <laughs> They've all kind of been talked about because I had a couple that I really liked. I'm pulling up my, my list uh oh you know what i (laughs) you know what i think my favorite joke is that's like very much in the background i love the i'm principal sinner all the kids last like well i've lost them forever um i loved that joke but i think my favorite joke was the gifted kids school and they flash over all the kids and the girls are playing the clapping game (laughs) they're like let's name the numbers that come from pi 3.14159265 start listing all the numbers and then just fade out i thought that was very funny it's great and i think it's i think it's because they had like a rhythm and then they just started listing numbers those are the numbers Um, I think they go to uh, after the decimal point. I think they go to like over like think they think it's like twelve or fifteen, like something somewhere around there. They go for a while. Oh, and yeah. I I know that they're no, actually but, uh, saying the numbers, but I uh, mean like I love that they had a very specific musical rhythm, yeah. and then they just started saying numbers. Yeah. How I mean like how long after we see them do you think they go? Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe it's they have it memorized. It's been calculated to quite a long time. Yeah, it's it's a ways. <laughs> but like at some point, some of them must be like, I don't know, what, I don't know what number one hundred and thirty is. I, sorry, guys. Like, 
and how does the game end? They just uh, they just all kind of like four, three, two, seven, and the rest. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> let's let's do something else. Play a different game. Um, great, Greg. Uh, mine is the, I, I I kind of just like uh, undersold how much I loved this while you were listing it, but um, the Twin Peaks reference, oh yeah, just it makes me it made me laugh so much when I couldn't stand Twin Peaks. <laughs> and fine coffee got here in Twin Peaks. And when I started enjoying Twin Peaks, it makes me laugh even more because it's just true. So true. It's just brilliant. I have no idea what's going on. I don't get it. <laughs> it's the whole feeling of watching Twin Peaks summed up in nine seconds. It's great. Yeah. And it's also a clip of this episode that I constantly look for on YouTube. What? I look That's for the real episode of Twin Peaks? No, no, no. It's a clip from this episode oh. that I look for on oh, YouTube. From... I, like the nerd. <laughs> like when Homer drives up and is like, nerd. I look for that all yeah. the time. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, both of you said my favorite joke already throughout the course of this episode, <laughs> but it's Principal Sinner, uh, Skinner, and then, well, I've lost them forever. <laughs> like, that's great. I love... <laughs> it's a great... I heard it, and I thought to myself, Alan loves this joke. <laughs> I can't help... I, Skinner's so good. Like, even in the episode where they ruin his character, that he's still so funny. Yeah. I just he's, love him so much. He's great. He is. He's uh, truly I do great. like. I like honorable mention is the other like the uh, Sk Skinner has a rubber butt or whatever. He's like, young man, my posterior <laughs> contains bone, flesh, and that metal plate I got in Nam. He has a little twitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. Oh, that's um, great. That's vintage. That's vintage Skinner. It's great. Origin story. Origin. That's what I was gonna say. This episode is like uh, the movie Solo. Uh-huh. Where it's like there's origins to things I don't give a shit about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like eat my shorts? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, great. We don't need to know where that came from. I love Nelson's little duck shirt. That's cute. That's very cute. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. It's very cute. Um, Great. MVP? Oh, gosh. MVP of the episode? Um, Honestly, probably Nancy Cartwright and her performance of young Bart, I think is really, really cute. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Lisa. I know it's kind of a cheat cause it's episode named after her, but I think she, uh, despite everyone working against her, uh, makes the biggest impact and the most, uh, has the most interesting journey. Yeah. I think in the episode she does she both does. in terms of, uh, her flashback journey and the journey of like learning how she got this ax and like that kind of thing. So yeah. Catherine, do you have an MB MVP? Uh, I was also going to say Lisa great, because she's just my favorite all the time. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'd agree with Helen that she, yeah, I feel like she actually like literally drove the story because mm -hmm. she's, if it weren't for her, we actually, mom, go. can you tell me how I got my sex? Yeah, literally. She's like, can someone fucking tell me, uh, <laughs> I got the saxophone. Um, or, uh, what is the news anchor's name? Ken, Ken Brockman. Ken Brockman. I thought it was. I was like, no, Ken Brockman's a real person. Um, uh, but I I sincerely actually really loved his little picture of hot, hot, hot and him being the copper tone baby. It was, and it was like on for like a flash and then it yeah. went away and I thought it was so funny. Yeah. Weird. I was like, why did he put that up? So MVP for Ken Brockman being very confident. <laughs> Good for True him. That. That's awesome. Um, 
All right. Well, um, we got to wrap this thing up. Uh, so thank you so much, Catherine, for coming on. Uh, maybe for the final time. We don't have many episodes left. Um, so thank you for, for coming on and uh, talking Simpsons with us for one last time. Thanks talking, for having me. Talking sex. Yeah. Talking sex. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. This is super, super fun. And it's a great way to uh, connect with people and to chat about chat about film. Film. We're not watching a movie. Chat about <laughs> chat about all those fun media things people seem to like so much. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything to plug, those... Catherine? Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I had a sad answer of nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess what could I plug? Your music? Uh, my music. You can you can find KP Smith. That is my solo name uh, on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. I also have an Instagram at KP Smith Music, uh, and I am releasing a couple of two tracks while we're all uh, self isolating, and I'm uh, playing around with some recording and stuff like that. So it's fun, isn't it? It is fun. The P the P stands for power. <laughs> Catherine Powers. Catherine Power. Oh yeah, I realized we're on audio, and I I did little punch fists. <laughs> Big. I want people to know I reacted. Big plosive yeah. punches. All right, Al. Uh, well, just for those playing along at home, this yep. episode gets a thumbs up from me. Awesome. Um, might be the only one of the season. We'll see. This one gets a thumbs up from me. Yeah, but so far we got a, a sideways, a down, and an up. So awesome. We'll see how many of those continue. Uh, but you can also, you can always find us on uh, Facebook, uh, Two Bad Neighbors on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Bad Neighbors Pod. Mostly Instagram. Let's be honest. Our Twitter is pretty rarely updated. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you can still follow us there. Uh, and that's fun. You can also subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, two bucks a month gets you all of our bonus episodes, including the zombie episodes we just did. Uh, spoiler, we liked a zombie episode. Yes, so we did. Listen it's, to that to find out which one. It's worth listening um, to. And uh, you can... Oh, and also, if we hit our goal, we're going to do Simpsons D&D, which I've been thinking about a lot. So, like, guys, come on. <laughs> Get to our goal for us. Then we can do it. We, we can need do, an excuse to do it. We can do some D&D. What else are you going to do right now? It's pandemic. I need a reason to do another, <laughs> to launch another <laughs> campaign. Uh, you can always email us at the hammock district on third at gmail.com. Numerical three. And uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We hope to see you again next week for Treehouse of Horror numbered uh, eight. Yeah, that's the one. Because <laughs> it's weird. It's always off by one. Um and uh, it's one with Fly versus Fly, Easy Bake Coven, and uh, the Omega Man. So look forward to that because I like those ones mostly. Uh, <laughs> thanks again to Catherine for joining us. KP Smith, find her on socials for music and listen to her cool music and all that good stuff. Anything else? Just the sign off. <gasps> Keep watching the skis!